I am often asked when I'm being interviewed, do you want to write a you know, better kind of book? They kind of lower their voice when they ask me that. I don't. I write exactly what I want to write. Best-selling novelist Jackie Collins. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Glamour, glitz, sex, power, drugs, money, all were staples of novels by Jackie Collins. At the same time as her sister Joan was honing her craft as an actor, Jackie Collins was mastering a literary style, in the same tradition as Jacqueline Suzanne and Mickey Spillane. And Jackie Collins was really, really good at it. She wrote 32 books, all of which became New York Times bestsellers. Her books have sold over 500 million copies worldwide, and several of the books have been made into movies or TV series. I interviewed Jackie Collins several times over the years. The interview you're about to hear was my very first. So, here now, from 1985, Jackie Collins. I don't take any notice of reviewers. I take notice of the people who buy my books. And they've managed to make Lucky number one in America within two weeks. And I'm thrilled. And people come up to me in stores. I was in Bloomingdale's in New York yesterday. And this woman came up and she clutched my arm and she said, Jackie Collins, she said, your women are inspirational. She said, they're strong women. She said, and I never read them in novels by males. And I get this all the time. And that means more to me than some guy's opinion. It's one man's opinion. I'm wondering how believable a book can be like this when 70% of America's women who wrote to Ann Landers said they'd rather just be cuddled. <laughs> I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. Uh, I guess the men out there must be doing something wrong <laughs> if that's their opinion. <laughs> you see, my heroines would rather not just be cuddled. I mean, they want to be cuddled too, but uh, you know, other things go along with it. I think that there are a lot of unhappy people out there who perhaps are not having the relationship that they had imagined they would have from perhaps reading novels. I don't know. It, it, it seems to me very strange that they would even do a poll like that. You write books that everyone seems to think, I could have written that. Yes. I think the easier you make it look, the more people think they could do it. And, and people say to me all the time, oh, well, you know, I read Lucky, and uh, of course, um, if I wasn't so lazy, I would write a book. I do honestly believe that everybody has a book in them, but they're not true storytellers. They write one book, and it's the story of their life. I write stories about other people's lives. Lucky is my tenth book, and I've got so many more stories to tell, Bill, all of them equally <laughs> unbelievable to a lot of people, but very, very real to me. You had mentioned that your next project is Hollywood Husbands. Yes, I'm working on that now. I'm working on the men of Hollywood because the women were so outraged that I thought I've really, <laughs> you know, got to get into it and, and, and expose the men for what they are. And I think one of the appeals why people say to me, well, I, you know, I read your book and I really couldn't put it down, is the fact that I do manage to capture a very accurate piece of time, a very accurate piece of Hollywood today, for instance. And in Lucky, it's the international jet set today. Who are you going to make mad when you write Hollywood Husbands? Probably everybody. <laughs> but I think you'd also, I, one of the magazine articles that I'd seen said you still get invited to all the parties. Oh, I do. Because the name of the game in Hollywood is success. And if you're, and successful, you're successful, yeah, you're on everybody's list. But if, uh, you know, you should have a flop book, then you're quickly crossed off. I think to live in Hollywood, you have to know the realities. And you have to not want anything from anybody. Because if you do, you're in trouble. But you're sitting next to someone and they start... Uh, start a little conversation and you whip out your notebook, do they uh, 
move away from well, you, I'm or not you, exactly. you're a little bit, you're a little bit more. Uh, a little I'm bit a little more, more subtle, subtle than that. that. I do, I do trail off to the ladies' room and write down these <laughs> wonderful remarks. In Hollywood Wives, there's these extremely vulgar remarks at the beginning of each chapter, and I had written those down at actual Hollywood parties. Even I couldn't make them up. So I think that that makes for fun. You know, you've got to have reality in your writing. I sometimes get the feeling from reading some of the things that you've said to other reporters that you regard yourself as something of an outsider looking in as opposed to an insider passing notes to us on the outside. Oh, yes. I think I'm an observer. I think if I wasn't an observer of the Hollywood scene or the you know, jet set scene, if I didn't stand in the background, if I was involved with everything that went on, first of all, I would never have time to write the books. And secondly, it wouldn't be the same because I couldn't look at them with an observer's eye. I couldn't be as cynical as I am. And my books are quite cynical. I hope they're very funny. I mean, they're supposed to be funny. You're supposed to, you know, kind of take them with a pinch of salt. I mean, they're, they're the kind of book, as Cosmopolitan said, that you you take out on the beach when the sun is shining and you'll <laughs> still be there when the moon comes up. <laughs> And I know a number of people who would still be there with Lucky when the moon comes up. Do people ever confuse you with your sister? Absolutely not. I think there's a lot of Collinses in America. You know, there's Judy Collins and there's Gary Collins. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't even realize that we are sisters. And the less we have this They don't realize it? No. Why should they realize it? They watch Joan on Dynasty and she's a big star on Dynasty. And... Then they read my books. They don't watch Dynasty because I write books that they like, and they don't read my books because they like Dynasty. There's no kind of crossover. I mean, a lot of people in America don't realize that Warren Beatty and Shirley MacLaine are brother and sister either. True. But he was smart enough to change his name. (laughs) (laughs) If you had not become a writer, would you be an actress? No, I was an actress for a short time, but I always consider myself an out-of-work writer, getting wonderful research for the bestsellers I was going to write in the future. You'd never thought about doing anything but writing? Oh, no. I I really didn't. I grew up wanting to write. I grew mm. up wanting to tell stories. When I was about seven, I could copy a perfect Mickey Spillane. And some people might say that I still do. <laughs> <laughs> that I, really is more than anything else, though, what, what really leads to being a successful writer, isn't it? That, that desire from day one? It's not being number one, although that's wonderful. Mm. It's not making a lot of money, although that is also terrific. It's writing because it's what you want to do. It's extremely hard work. I mean, you have to shut yourself away. I write very long books. Lucky is over 500 pages long. And you're on your own. You know, there's nobody helping you. You are on your own. Very, very solitary. It's fun to come out and do this and talk to you and, and, and the book comes out and you get, you know, negative reviews and great reviews and you, and you get the input from the booksellers who say this book. Lucky is just walking off the shelves. It's incredible. So you get a lot of of different feelings then. But then I know that in two weeks, I'm going to be back in Los Angeles and I can quietly lock myself in my study and be writing again, because that's what I really want to do with my life. This is the easy part. This is what people, this is the part that people see in movies and on TV. The author, they don't see the hours and hours and hours locked away in a room, slipping breakfast under the door to you. They see the finished book with the shiny cover and the fact that you can go out and talk about it. And doesn't this look glamorous? some fun, but they don't take into account that you actually have to sit down and write that book and you have to, you know, you you really have to put yourself into that book in a way because you become the characters. I mean, when I was writing Lucky, I became Lenny Golden and and Lucky Santangelo and Gino because Lucky is a sequel to my book before Hollywood Wives, Chances, and I wanted to recreate the Santangelo family because I had so many letters from people saying, what happens to Lucky? What happens to Gino? 
And it was very interesting for me because I never plan my books. I don't have, I'm not one of those authors with a little chart and, you know, what character has been married and, and, and what children they have and how old they are. It's all in my head. I'm a very immediate writer. And so I sit down with a, a legal pad and a felt pen and everything is in my head and I just go. And I have a wonderful time doing it. And a lot of people seem to have a wonderful time reading my books. So it's very rewarding. It really is a very rewarding profession because it's the one thing you can do and you do it on your own with no help from anybody. And you create characters. Some people this morning are listening and they're saying, this Jackie Collins, she has such a wonderful flair for writing. She's such an outstanding writer. Why does she write this kind of trash? Well, as the Wall Street Journal said, it's solid gold trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that you have to take into account that for commercial fiction, we call it trash. I mean, we call Jacqueline Suzanne trash, Harold Robbins. We call Dynasty in Dallas trash, mm. great trash. But, you know, I was in Australia recently, and I never do signings. And they said, oh, we've arranged these signings for you. And I said, well, I really don't like doing them. They said, well, you know, we can't. We've advertised it. So I had to do them. And it was really a revelation for me because people came and, and, and lined up to see me and they had, you know, dog-eared copies of my paperback from 17 years ago. And I've been <laughs> writing for 17 years. They would come with 10 books. And I suddenly realized that although this great word describes commercial fiction, trash, that trash is thrown away and yet people are treasuring my books for 17 years. That ain't bad, Bill. <laughs> is there anything wrong with writing trash? No, you see, I am often asked when I'm being interviewed, do you want to write a you know, better kind of book? They kind of lower their voice when they ask me that. I don't. I write exactly what I want to write. I love writing about the St. Angelos. I love writing about movie stars and gangsters and hookers and, and, and good girls who stay good and become successful and strong women because amongst all this are my strong women. And I never read a, women like this when I was growing up. The women I read about were always in the bedroom or the kitchen making pies and having babies. Well, my women are out there living their life like men have always lived their lives. And so I really, I really love what I do, and I don't want to do anything different. Do your daughters read your books? Oh, yeah, and they love them. All three of them? All three of them. They didn't, and it wasn't forced reading in our household. I didn't say you have to read mommy's books. But they came home about a year ago and said, everybody at school is reading Chances in Hollywood Wives, so we better give it a shot. <laughs> and they did, and they liked them. So that was nice because it would have been difficult in our household if they hadn't. They didn't read them until some of the friends at school started to? No. I guess, you know, I'm... You mom. don't let them read your first draft? Or? Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean, it's not, I, I don't want anybody's opinion on it. it. It's something that is is mine, and until it's published, I don't like anybody to read it, yeah. except my husband. And then we scream for weeks on end, <laughs> arguing about certain points. <laughs> but I think that, uh, you know, they read my books, and they don't read them as though they're coming from their mother. It's Here's a book. You know, they read Sidney Sheldon, and they read Harold Robbins, and, and they read a Jackie Collins, but it's not as though they're reading their mother. And when I'm writing, I can't think to myself, oh, my children are going to read this, or my maiden aunt in, in uh, Chicago is going to read this. You know, you, you have to have a very clear mind. You have to just be able to do what you want, and I do. Are you satisfied with the movies that have been made from your books? Not really, no. I, I, I thought The Stud was quite good, and that did star my sister Joan, and it was quite uh, an effective movie. It should have had more humor. It was sort of an Alfie of the of the 60s, and it was very successful. 
It was actually made in 1979, but it was written in 1969, so it took 10 years to get made. The bitch was absolutely terrible. I had nothing to do with it. I just wrote the book, <laughs> and the book was much better than the film. The World is Full of Married Men, which starred Tony Franciosa and Carol Baker, was pretty awful. And then I wrote an original screenplay called Yesterday's Hero, which starred Suzanne Somers and Ian McShane, and that was really terrific, but never got shown in America. And Hollywood Wives, well... I mean, we could go on about that for hours. I think the people who read the book said they were disappointed with the miniseries, and the people who had not read the book said they thought it was the best thing they'd ever seen. And I understand <laughs> that the restaurants were all cleared at half past eight. Everybody said I was very bad for restaurant business that week because everybody was dashing home to watch Hollywood Wives. Jackie Collins died from breast cancer in 2015, just two weeks before what would have been her 78th birthday. Well, if you liked today's episode, would you subscribe to Now I've Heard Everything? We're available on all major podcast platforms, and we post new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, she was a member of the 80s Brat Pack, but she was also a poet, a very talented poet. My 1991 interview with actor Ali Sheedy. I love doing that one, the short circuit movie. It was a lot of fun, and a, a lot of kids I know really loved it. At the same time, I do not feel like I would be continually fulfilled in my life if I was doing only that kind of role. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.